Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, September 15th, 2022. No doubt you have heard the line throughout the years, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And those words were spoken at the inaugural address of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, during the time of the Great Depression. And those words are familiar. Maybe sometimes you think, hey, that's a good point. And the question I want us to think about today is, well, let's, let's evaluate that statement theologically. Are there some things about it that are true? Are there some things about it that aren't true? Uh, well, what is this idea that fear itself is, is the thing that we, we should be afraid of? Uh, And so we want to evaluate that today, especially as we look again at the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapters 7 and 8, because I think we'll see there is some element of truth to fear being a dangerous thing. And I think even fear being more dangerous than some of the things we might be tempted to be afraid of. Uh, Here in Uh, Isaiah chapter 7, it talks about the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah. And and so, as we're going through things chronologically, it gets hard in this section of our reading to be super precise. We'll be coming back. We're trying to keep things as close as we can. So, we haven't read about King Ahaz yet in Kings and Chronicles. Looks like we're set to do that in just a few days. But one thing you'll need to know uh, to understand this passage is this was a very wicked king. Uh, Ahaz was a wicked king. He was into all kinds of idolatry. He even sacrificed his sons uh, in a pagan ritual. He was a wicked king. And this wicked king is having a hard time, it says, because Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, who we have read about, came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it. Uh, And so that's a big deal. And it says in verse 2, when the house of David was told, Syria is in league with Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz and the heart of the people shook as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. So basically, that's a very strong poetic way of saying they were very afraid. Syria is in league with Ephraim. Ephraim, that was the biggest tribe in the northern kingdom of Israel. So sometimes it's used as a stand in for the kingdom of Israel. Hey, these two kingdoms directly to our north are teaming up against each other. And then Isaiah goes to meet the king and he goes to the king and says, be careful, be quiet, do not fear and do not let your heart be faint because of the two smoldering stumps of firebrands at the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and the son of Remaliah. Because Syria with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah have devised evil against you saying, let us go up against Judah and terrify it and let us conquer it for ourselves and set up the son of Tabeel as king in the midst of it. Thus says the Lord God, 
It shall not stand, and it shall not come to pass, for the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin, and within sixty-five years Ephraim will be shattered from being a people, and the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. And so there we see God basically saying, hey, don't be afraid, because these things that look so intimidating to you, they're actually going to be wiped out. And we know that pretty soon the northern kingdom is actually going to end and be taken into exile. And so God is saying, put your fears in perspective. These things that you're so afraid of aren't that big of a deal. In fact, God is going to take care of them and their devices to take someone off of the throne and set up someone else, it's not going to stand. And I think even there, we might even get into some things. Hey, they're, they're trying to usurp God's plan of having a son of David on the throne. Uh, that's not going to happen. And, and then it closes with that memorable line. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Uh, basically, he's urging them, hey, you need to trust God and you need to put your fears in perspective. And remember, God is bigger than any of the things that you are afraid of. And most of the things that you are afraid of are very temporary and they're actually going to be over. These kingdoms will be over. So what are you afraid of today? It's probably not the king of Israel or the king in Damascus, but what are the things that make you afraid? Do you know that God is bigger than those things? Do you realize that those things oftentimes aren't as big of a deal as you think that they are? And you need to realize today, uh, if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. And that's the sad part of this story is King Ahaz is not firm in faith. And and what we see is uh, now he begins to trust not in God, but in the Assyrians. And so just a helpful thing, you've got Israel and then kind of to the north or you've got Judah in Jerusalem. To the north of them is Israel. To the north of them is Syria. And then kind of to the north and east of them is Assyria. And Assyria is really coming to power in a big and mighty way. That's where the city of Nineveh was. And now Assyria is going to become a bigger problem than all of them. And some of that actually is going to be a consequence. Hey, because you didn't trust me, Ahaz, Assyria now is going to become a problem for you. And so what we see, I believe, is that, hey, King Ahaz, your lack of faith is going to become a bigger problem than the king of Israel or the king of Syria ever were. And that's going to be true in your life too. Your lack of faith uh, will do more damage uh, to you than the things that you are afraid of. And that's where maybe there is some truth to this idea. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I don't know that I would say the only thing, but fear. And that's where, you know, that can be very nebulous in today's world. And unfortunately, even in many churches, but by fear, we should really be more specific, a lack of faith in God. A lack of faith in God will do more damage to you than the things that you are tempted to be afraid of. And chapter eight tells of this coming Assyrian invasion. um, And you see God giving them instruction. And it says, 
in chapter 8, verse 13, but let the Lord, but the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel and a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it. They shall stumble and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. Uh, but there it's saying, you, you need to fear the Lord. And so there, no, I would disagree with the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, because for every Christian, uh, we are called to fear the Lord. And, And that's the beauty is if we fear the Lord, we don't have to be afraid of anything else. And so we need to see that. And again, I want you to think of your own, uh, your own trials and the things that you are afraid of. You need to trust God. You need to see God as bigger than those things. And you need to see God as your help. And again, not in a self-help empowerment, very vague way that it's often preached. Hey, God's going to help you win all your battles. But no, God is going to provide for you to follow him. And so fear the Lord, trust him and trust that he will be with you. And that's what we got to come back to now. You're like, wait, you're, you're, you're leaving out a part. Yes, there was a sign that was given to King Ahaz to, to show that God was with them. And it says in chapter seven, verse 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And I think we know ultimately that prophecy is referring to Jesus Christ as Matthew makes pretty clear. This is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus, Emmanuel, which we know means God with us. So we shouldn't be afraid except for fearing the Lord. We need to trust in him and we, we have the sign. We have the symbol reminding us of why we should trust God, God with us, because we are not looking forward to the Messiah. We are looking backwards. We know who he is and we know what he has done. So, What are you afraid of today? Look past that and trust that God is in control. God is bigger than those things and God is with us. So fear him and focus on honoring him instead of uh, trying to just overcome your fears. And that's something I'm even excited to see as we get back into Philippians this weekend at, uh, at Compass Bible Church is that Paul wasn't so much concerned with the outcome of his trial, whether he would live or die. His ultimate concern was honoring Jesus Christ. So forget about the things that you're afraid of and focus on honoring the Lord and watch what he does with that, whether that's a positive outcome that you want or whether it it turns out with you dying and going to glory, right? Trust God, fear him and follow him because he is with us. And we see a very powerful uh, example of God being with someone as we look now at Acts chapter 23, our New Testament reading today. So Paul is in Jerusalem. He has been taken in by the Romans and Uh, What we see now is there is a plot to kill Paul. Uh, The first thing that happens, though, is he gets taken into the council. uh, And it seems pretty clear. Paul sees, I'm not getting a fair, I'm not going to get a fair shake here. These people are, no due process, no justice is going to happen here. And and so uh, he cries out, you know, I'm here on trial for the resurrection of the dead because he knows that'll get them distracted. That will get them divided. And the Romans come and take Paul out 
of that situation. And then there is a plot to kill Paul, and he is sent with um, a pretty sizable group of soldiers and troops from Jerusalem to Caesarea. So from Jerusalem, they're kind of in the middle of the nation of Israel down to the Mediterranean coast to the city of Caesarea, where you can go today and see some of the remains of the areas that Paul would have been. And in the middle of all of this, as Paul is in this Roman jail, waiting to talk again to uh, The council, and as this plot is brewing behind the scenes, uh, it says that the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. And so there we see the Lord appear and standing by Paul and encouraging him. And that's why I don't know that you should expect the Lord to physically appear or manifest himself next to you, but the substance of what is communicated to Paul are things that we can claim, promises that you and I have as believers. Even just as we think through the Great Commission, it ends with that promise, I am with you always even to the end of the age. So even in our trials, we can know God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us is still true. Jesus is with us, not physically um, through these miraculous appearances, but through his promises. We can count on the presence of Christ and through what he promised us, we see very clearly in the gospel of John, his spirit who lives within us. We can fear the Lord. We can trust the Lord. So, uh, is fear the only is fear the only thing that we have to fear? Uh, well, this would make it clear God is the only thing that we have to fear. Uh, and when we should be warned, fearing other things will get us into more trouble than those other things we're afraid of ever really could. And so I hope we, we fear the right thing today, the Lord, but we also trust that God is with us. And we know that is true even through that ultimate sign of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.